0: Go. (laughs) Say it. Say it. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Mean it. Say it again. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone.
2: Oh, not sexy. Like, real.
0: The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Nailed it.
2: hot start hot start to just another mind-blowing episode that's of right the boogie monster welcome to the big are you, are you BM. yeah are you ready listen man i just we're just truth seekers dude Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why is everybody so scared of people that just want to ask questions
1: <laughs> i feel like this is leading somewhere
2: they say there's no such thing as a dumb question we're out here to prove you wrong there are dumb questions we got them i don't know what i'm talking about I'm just being a freak, uh, idiot. <laughs> what,
1: what are you doing man you home you relaxing you and uh holiday I've, been home for, I've been
2: home for a whole week yeah, Damn. I've been home for a whole week, man. Or well, you
1: did just wandered what around we, the house in your underwear with no idea what to do? What do you do yeah, with all your free time now? Pretty
2: much. I've been learning uh, the guitar solo to uh, Knock It On Heaven's Door, Guns N' Roses version, of okay. course. Yeah. I've uh, been, been wailing that one out of tune. I've <laughs> been... Uh, I'm wearing, I uh, bought a chain. I told you to buy a chain. I bought one. I'm wearing a chain for no reason right now. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of chain? too big. A, it doesn't fit with the pajamas I'm also wearing, but I got it on. Dude, it's I'm just wearing just pajamas like too. Chain. I'm wearing pajamas right now. Well, I changed out. Of, I'm, I was in pajamas. I put on jeans just to feel like that was part of the day.
1: Katie got me some pajamas as a welcome home from tour gift.
2: Top and bottom, elegant style.
1: Just the bottoms. She said she wasn't sure if I'd rock the tops, and I told her I would. But uh, so yeah, I got some nice, just classic uh, red and black flannel bottoms. I've never had uh, proper pajamas before. It's very exciting.
2: I. This is why I was trying to get you on the the necklace vibe. Mm-hmm. I know it's not your style. Mm-hmm. But do you realize how much you would nail, like a piece of jewelry, and top and bottom silk pajamas with oh, like man. slippers. Unstoppable.
1: Yeah, I think I could rock that. You go. Uh, what do you got? Gold, silver? What are you doing? Is it a big
2: rope? Just, sil- just silver. Nothing too flashy. Yeah, it's a bit. Of, it's a bit of a rope. It's a I bit. Look at you. Way to go! But I got it over my. Uh, I'm wearing it over my Sam Miller t-shirt. Sam Miller, really funny comic from Olympia, Washington. He was like a homeless meth addict, and his stories about it are real funny. Hmm. And this t-shirt is like a carton of eggs. But it's Sam Miller's seagull eggs because he's got a whole bit. But he's like, now, a lot of people are going to tell you they saw me eating seagull eggs down by the shore. That is not true.
1: (laughs) A lot of people are going to tell you that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Which just as a bit is hilarious, knowing he's already told you stories about waking up under a tarp, being all methed out. And like, oh, yeah. Could you just eat seagull eggs if you're homeless? (laughs) Like, why (laughs) why aren't you just getting into the pigeon eggs, you know? Oh, man. So I'm wearing my Sam Miller seagull Eggs t-shirt with my silver chain over it, my silver rope necklace over it. Look at you. Jeans, and I got my house Crocs on, you know, as usual.
1: (laughs) The old house Crocs.
2: I got up early. I I, I did a swim. I went to the gym. I went swimming this morning. No way. Beat my
1: ass. Swimming. Boy, it is. That's a good workout. Use all those weird muscles you you normally don't use.
2: I did not, you know, I, I'll go to the beach, I'll go play in a pool, I can get from one side to the other if I need to, but as far as just, here's your purpose, just go from this side to that side and back again, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you feel so dumb, too, because, like, I don't know, just, you never make, your body's not normally making those motions, you know, and you gotta simultaneously do the arms and then kick the feet, and it's like, I I hope this is working.
2: Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a lot of unfamiliar choreography. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you feel yeah, you do feel silly, really. Yeah, a lot of splish, splash, and flailing and all that stuff.
1: Are you good? Can you can you scoot? You get down I know, there and back. No,
2: no. I was I would beat. I'd get to one side of the pool exhausted. Mm-hmm. Then get to the other side. I'd exa- Take a break every every lap. I think it's a 50-yard pool, I think it is. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah, that seems like a pretty big one.
2: I'm, You know what? I'm going to look it up right now. I want to find out.
1: 50 yards seems like a giant fucking pool. Pool. That's half years. the length of a football field.
2: Yeah, I did, well, okay. Here we go. Swim club. One end of the pool to the other 25 yards. Get the fuck out of here.
1: That's still pretty good. Yeah, I think fifty uh, it, is like uh, Olympic uh,
2: it, size. Indoor lap pool. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's only twenty-five yards. I thought I did. I thought it was fifty. It's only twenty-five. Never mind. So I didn't even do nearly as much as I thought I did. Well, it's and it's still, still quite a feat. Got my ass kicked. Growing but up, uh, the hot tub. I did it. I was a country club boy today. Look at you. Look at you. I was a fancy little man today.
1: <laughs> Growing up around Chicago, uh, did people have pools in the Midwest, or is it too cold most of the year to invest in that?
2: No, they—they they, not a lot of them, but there there was pools. Mm, okay, yeah, pools yeah, are big we, in we Georgia. Could...
1: I never had one, but I was but, always in. But did they
2: have them where they're indoor with like the mosquito net around them?
1: No, I think that's more of a Florida thing. The mosquito nets. I are big see those in Florida. Florida,
2: and they bum me out the most. Like, mm-hmm. what a dumb like. Oh, I'm, I'm in I'm in my pool, but there's a roof. Lame.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of get that.
2: But because you got the bugs.
1: Yeah, at that point, just go full on indoor pool. See, like the hierarchy was like you know above ground, which is like okay, this isn't very cool, but it's nicer than my pool. Todd, so way to go. And then you got your classic mm-hmm. in ground. You know, it's like that was. The most desired, but then every now and then you'd go to a fancy hotel or maybe you knew somebody who had a rich uncle and they had a indoor heated pool. So that was always a pretty Indoor good,
2: heated, yeah. nice, but also the level of chlorine that you're like, it's just like low level bioterrorism. <laughs> when you're hanging out in one of those hotel indoor pools and you're like, I'm huffing a lot of chlorine gas in there.
1: Yeah, that's true. I always thought about that, just the, the different smells. Like, hmm. This, they um, had a
2: my. I didn't get to go to the house, but there's a house in Addison that my sister got to go to a birthday party there. Indoor heated pool owned by the one and only Dick Portillo of really? Portillo's hot dog fame.
1: How about that? Was it shaped like a hot dog? Dick or?
2: Portillo. I don't. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, usually, you know, if you look, if you squint at a kidney bean pool, you could say it's like a st- a stubby sausage. Yeah. But
1: <laughs> like a little smoke old,
2: old dick portillo's indoor pool
1: oh that's great way to go dick
2: yeah but uh, yeah i splashed around i feel good i felt uh, you know feeling all right how, right
1: now how long did you swim
2: for i'll tell you right now so i got the i got the stats i wore my watch or my apple watch i'm gonna give you the stats right now if you're curious Hold on. Let me find my stats. (laughs) All right. Pool swim today. 650 yards. That's a lie. I set the distance incorrectly. Okay. I swam for 24 minutes, 25 minutes. I appreciate you being honest. I put pool length 50 yards. That's incorrect. (laughs) So I really only swam 325 yards. Man, I, I've been trying to work and out. And bullshit, it says 13 laps. I did 14 laps. I did an even number of laps. I was never doing anything in a in an odd number.
1: Really? Are you uh, superstitious that way or OCD that way?
2: A little bit, but also all my shit was at the end of the pool that I got in at. So mm. that's the end of the pool that I got out at. No. <laughs> I take that back. No, that's, yeah, that's where my shit was at. I got out by my Crocs. I put my Crocs at the end. I got in. I swam. I got out by my Crocs.
1: Man, I, I rode an elliptical the other day and just had a fucking miserable time. What a stupid piece of equipment that is. <laughs> what am I doing? I look like an idiot. Like, am oh, I, I going? Like
2: yeah, it's
1: like an optical illusion. Am I going forward or am I going backwards? I don't know. Maybe it's
2: both. It, work- it works out different muscles if you look yeah, at It
1: just feels weird. I didn't like it. I mean, I've been on them before. I was at this hotel. It was the first... Uh, maybe not the first but it's one of the few hotel gyms that was nice but had zero treadmills they had you know the pulley weights and the free weights and all the mats and the balls and and no treadmill they had an elliptical and then they had a a bike i was like well let me try this stupid elliptical i lasted about eight minutes and just got frustrated
2: yeah did you bring your own kettlebell down to the gym Party? I,
1: no, I, I brought them into. I went seriously after that. I went back to the room and did my kettlebells. I thought I'd get a little variety by uh, mixing it up, but I was like, nah. Yeah, I, I got two kettlebells. I bring with me. So
2: you ever lose grip on a kettlebell?
1: I haven't, but I worry about that here being on the second floor apartment because uh, the one my heaviest one I got a fifty-five, and uh, man, if that thing were to go flying across the room and just all that concentrated weight in that small little area just i feel like right through drywall
2: right through drywall
1: i mean it would definitely do some damage but yeah i think about that a lot when i'm working out like don't don't drop them i need to get some chalk or something like a chalk bag yeah that'd be nice
2: no that makes sense well let's but let's talk you just got back
1: yeah just got back on the road two weeks on the road uh, Let's hear it
2: baby. You're excited?
1: 5400 miles I put on the Subaru and uh, had a great run. Ooh, man. Okay, Yeah had a great run. We talked last week about the first uh, week of the run. What did I do? Uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, Bryan, Texas, Little Rock, Arkansas and Fort Worth, Texas. Those were uh, a lot of fun. But uh, kicked it up a notch on the second leg of the tour. This week I was in Albuquerque, I was in Trinidad, Colorado, and I ended it in Manitou Springs, Colorado. And apologies, in the past I was calling it Manitou Springs. I learned that it's Manitou Springs, Colorado. And uh, as with uh, my tendency towards recency bias, uh, I kind of want to move to Manitou Springs, Colorado now, because it's awesome. (laughs) Had a blast.
2: That's, That's your new spot?
1: man I had a blast. I tell you Trinidad, Colorado was cool too. Uh, I played this place called the Trinidad Lounge. Shout out to uh, my new buddy Kurt. Uh you know Nathan Lund. Uh he's sure he's, do. he's moved down there. He's kind of he was joking. Yeah. I guess they have 3 comics now in Trinidad and uh, all three of them were on my show. All three were hilarious. Um uh, Jeremy and Joe and Nathan and uh, just this bar, the Trinidad Lounge, super cool. It's like um I don't know how to describe Trinidad. It's a small, just little mountain town. looks like, I don't know that it was, but it feels like it used to be, maybe be like a coal mining town or a lumber town or something. And, uh, just a nice little downtown area where you could tell all the buildings are like probably over a hundred years old. And, um, this bar, just mm-hmm. a cool, rustic bar. They do a lot of bands and stuff there. So it's just a great setup. So uh had a good time there in Trinidad. And, and Albuquerque was great, too. Did Dry Heat Comedy Club, uh, small comic-ran club. Um, I was talking to uh, Sarah, the owner of the club, about how how much I've been traveling back and forth across the country in the last 10 years trying to do comedy. And I yeah. most of the time, like, well, as you know, this – Layout. I mean, I'm either going to take I 40, you know, up, um, you know, towards like Flagstaff in that area, or I'm going to take I 10, which takes me, you know, a little further south. Uh, no, but yeah, it's I 40, I 40 that runs right through Albuquerque. Jacksonville
2: to Santa Monica, the old I 10.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So if I take the 40, I always, I, I've probably been through Albuquerque. 15, 20 times, but I've never performed there until the this week because I never had any contacts or there wasn't much of a scene or, or any clubs that I knew of in the past. But uh, good scene there now. Met uh, a lot of local comics, really fun show. Uh, yeah, then Trinidad, but yeah, Manitou Springs, dude. Um, man, we talk a lot about yeah. just all the shit gigs, you know. I mean, even, even at your level now, I'm sure, you know. You're appreciative of all the shows you have, but but occasionally you you might have a stinker for one reason or the other. And once I,
2: in a while, a yeah. dinner comes through. Sure, yeah,
1: probably less where you're at now than than me, and definitely me in the past. But uh, yeah, I just think back of all those years, just featuring on the road, uh, just playing, just all the awful, <laughs> stupid rooms and settling up at the end of the week and getting charged for diet cokes and chicken fingers and just
2: (laughs) and uh but yeah manitou springs about them cokes
1: (laughs) yeah 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 i told i told one jackass at the jacksonville florida comedy zone he demanded that i wear uh khaki pants uh he had a dress code all comics must wear khaki pants.
2: Nah, you don't. you don't get to do that. Yeah, but he also no, charged me. So you, you don't get to do that.
1: He also charged me for chicken fingers. So I did like four nights in a row, and by the end of the week, uh, I do this weird thing where I ate dinner almost every night. I had had four different <laughs> orders of chicken fingers, and he took that out of my check, and I told him. I was like, look, man. here's
2: charged the-. him for the pants.
1: Exactly. I was like, you can enforce a dress code, or you can charge comics for frozen chicken Tenders, you can't do both. Go fuck yourself. Haven't played there since. Uh, anyway. <laughs> All this, to be said, is said to lead up to the fact that uh, Lulu's Downstairs treated me like I was goddamn Elvis Presley. Like, uh, just a, a beautiful club. <laughs> the staff was great. Shout out to and my he new full, buddy, Mark. You
2: full of pills and gave you <laughs> a private <bathroom.
1: laughs> Hung out with the owner, Mark. Great dude. Uh, hung out with uh, the director okay, with of comedy. with a European
2: accent. Ripped you off for years. <laughs>
1: Shout out to my Sorry. new friend, Nina, who's running all the comedy over there. So uh, I, they call the place uh, Lulu downstairs and it's just i don't know how to describe it it's probably looks like a nice showroom from like the 50s or 60s they told me that uh, aretha franklin had played there Uh, bill cosby (laughs) hopefully only did comedy there Uh, frank zappa played there anyway so the uh the big room is is lulu's downstairs i played upstairs at lulu's upstairs that's how that works they change Mm -hmm. the name on you as you change elevation (laughs) But Try just, get you. it was just, I mean, this might be boring to, to people who aren't, you know, perf- performers or comedians, but just every little detail was perfect. And all the, alone, those little details maybe don't mean much, but all, when they all add up together, it just makes, it's all these little intangibles that just makes for a great experience, both for, hopefully for the audience and definitely for the performer. Um, but yeah, just, Great folks came out. I think we sold it out, just uh, standing room only, and uh, <clears throat> a lot of fun. And I uh, I stuck around an extra day. I think I told you I was going to do this. The next night, Mike Cooley was in town, of uh, the drive-by truckers, yeah. who, uh, you know, I feel like I'm too old to, like, really fanboy out anymore. But, like, if I'm being honest, nah, like, there's
2: No, there's no age on that. That just I means mean, you still have enthusiasm for stuff in the world.
1: Dude, top, top five – Favorite musicians of all time of mine, like just
2: yeah. Don't don't put an age limit on enjoying stuff, Dave.
1: <laughs> no, I know, but like, uh, oh. well, okay. Here's here's the thing. Um, all right, so I my show was Friday night. Uh, I stuck around Saturday, and that was nice too to kind of end. A, you know, most of the time when I end a run or a tour, I'm very eager to get back home, and I and I still was. But it, it sometimes it's nice to just maybe take a day or two after that last show and just enjoy where you're at, because we've talked in length before about the way I do it. I just, I just do a different city every night. Just boom, 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 boom. I very rarely am yeah. I in the same town for two or three days, but uh, it was very nice same. to just, yeah. just kind of uh, be still for another 24, to, 24 hours after my final show. So anyway, uh, Saturday, I'm just goofing around. I did all kind of cool stuff. I'll talk about that in a minute, but um Uh, Sometime around lunch, before I kind of started all my fun, I went uh, and—oh, shout out to the guy who just gave me a bulging sack of marijuana— just slid it under the green room door after the show, so like a like a like a lady's fancy Bull, purse that was just busting sex. at the seams. Like there was, I mean, there must have been a hundred bucks worth of pre rolls oh, and shit in hope,
2: there. Hope you weren't driving through Utah <laughs> on the way back. No,
1: no i i gave them, I gave all the shit away that I didn't smoke before I left, uh, just in case I decided to. Some go people Utah.
2: don't really, yeah, like the gifts. It's like always very nice that people would give gifts, but sometimes you got to realize like. <laughs> Oh, bottles of booze, if you're flying, that's not going to be yeah. brought on a plane, because mm-hmm. everybody has carry-ons. Yeah. You know, full, like, 12-inch LP vinyl records, that is, uh, yep. you could watch me snap it in half trying to get it in a backpack now. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm so appreciative when people give me stuff like that, but, uh, you know, most of the time I'm driving, so it's not an issue, but... Uh, when I'm flying, I, def- I, I mail shit back, you to, back home. You bite your
2: tongue, Dave. Yeah. But- <laughs> Is it not an issue now that you know you're supposed to lie to cops?
1: Oh, oh, yeah, that. That was definitely an issue. Yeah, I'm still paranoid about I'm that. I'm driving, so it's not an issue. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excuse gotta watch out for those, me, David. L- those random weed gummies at the bottom of my backpack. That, that'll get you. Anyway, so someone gave me a whole bunch of weed and so saturday uh after i had a nice breakfast at moe's diner that's another thing they got just the cutest little diners in these small towns um i miss like the small town diner two mornings in a row i ate at moe's diner and just the locals in there everybody knew each other just shooting the shit you know nice lady behind the counter nice cook you know back in the just i don't know i miss we have diners in la but they're not obviously it's not that small town
2: vibe <laughs> No, it's like the bars. Like even if it's like this is a dive bar, we've meticulously designed this to be mm-hmm. a dive bar. It's yeah. Like, look at this, just plain old diner that has to have a theme to it, and yes. your food's gonna be forty dollars. Yeah, yeah, dude. I had chicken. You need a jersey. You need to go to Jersey and get yourself getting in that diner scene in Jersey.
1: I had chicken fried steak diners. and eggs, with hash yeah. browns. Hash browns topped with green chili. It was $11. I was like, I-, I love this place. So anyway, after I had Browns. some nice Moe's Diner, uh, I went right next to my hotel was like this uh, freeway overpass, or I guess underpass. I always get them confused. But there was just this nice little area. I didn't want to smoke like on the property, the hotel, or whatever. So I just walked maybe 20 yards uh, to my east, and there was just this nice little area where I could just hang out and not bother anybody. So I'm uh, sucking down a nice uh, blue dream pre-roll and uh okay. boy that that stuff hits me pretty hard. And uh or pretty fast. <laughs> so, you know, within minutes, you know, I'm just uh just a bloodshot-eyed, just dead-eyed looking goober just just a vagrant, like the opening scene of First Blood. I'm just walking on the side of the road in a nice Colorado town, and uh, like a fucking drifter. And I'm walking back to the hotel, and there's a guy walking towards me, and he's getting closer. And I'm like, "Oh, oh. fuck, that's Mike Cooley." And I didn't really, it di- I didn't really identify him until he was like ten feet away. And then I'm like, "Do I say something?" Do I-? All I could muster, I just went, "Oh hey." I just kind of gave him like a, <laughs> just yeah, a, yeah. a shivered hey, like you're, and he had this look on his face like this fucking goober's about to annoy the hell out of me, so I didn't, uh, oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't bother him, didn't stop, didn't bother him, I was just oh hey, and. Uh, <laughs> it was just like okay what's up weirdo uh but lucky for me i went to the show that night and uh, did you
2: say anything else after hey no
1: no i just said hey and kept walking i didn't want to bother him i didn't want to bother him <laughs> that's he just way looked worse.
2: he that's, like he's that's he, much more bothering
1: <laughs> he definitely seems like a friendly dude but he just had this look on his face like because they're at the level like you know obviously they're not a list celebrities but they're they're cult status like if you know who the drive by truckers are you're probably a pretty big fan and i would imagine <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's the, the, no Fairweather fans.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I, you know, I know for a fact because I'm one of them. I've got friends that are. I mean, me and Gilbert and Kenny DeForest mm-hmm. and a whole handful of my buddy. We're fanatical. Like we're like little schoolgirls about this band. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure he gets a ton of that. So I was just
2: like, I, uh, hey. <laughs> I mean, you know, just like if somebody likes your stuff, you're like, hey. I'm not going to bother you. I just want to say big fan appreciate what you're Yeah. Think. You know that's, that that goes a long way.
1: Yeah, and I do appreciate that. But I just feel like, and I'm sure that he just gets that a lot more and a lot frequently than I do. And just at some point, maybe he gets tired of it. I don't know. I just – I erred on the side of caution. And I was like, as bad as I wanted to be like, I love your band, or I'm playing the same thing. <laughs> I just – all I can muster was, hey – Um, But lucky for me, I I went to the show that night, Uh, owner of the venue, Mark, invited me to come early, hang out at the bar, that's the other thing, just, you know, everything was on the house, I had a nice meal, I had way too many Mm -hmm. drinks, I mean, again, like, I hate to beat that anecdote in the the ground, but ten years ago, I played a fucking comedy zone in North Carolina, my pictures, my posters on the wall, they charged me for Diet Coke, I was like, Ugh. And I told that guy. He's like, "Hey, yeah, I had a good time. Next time, do me a favor. Could you pay me five dollars less? Give me a couple of free diet cokes? Let me pretend I'm in show business." He didn't quite understand the the joke there. Um,
2: well, I'm sure I'm sure the drive by truckers have stories of those days. Well.
1: <laughs> but so I went uh, to to Cooley's show that night, and before the show, sat at the bar uh, with my new friend Nina, my new friend Mark. Just had a great time. Got way too drunk. Then I went down and saw his set, and just the setting was perfect. Like I said, probably seats about 300, uh, no slight to him, but, you know, it's probably about a third full, uh, which I loved. Like, everybody was kind of spread out. It felt like one of those, like, late nights at a a cool, like, kind of late night, you know, half-empty room at the comedy Mm -hmm. store or, you know, one of those late night performances where – like, how is there not more people here? Like, and it was just, and you could, you could tell it didn't bother him. He's a professional. He he had a great set, but just the fact that we were all spread out in this big room, and like the room was nice. Like all the booths, you know, had the same matching color schemes, and just felt like a really cool like Vegas showroom, like a subdued Vegas showroom from the '60s, uh, without being tacky. And uh, so I'm just. High as a kite, drunk as shit, and and I'm a happy drunk dude. When I when I tie one on, I'm just I just have permagrin. I was just glad to be there. Yeah, I've been
2: around you You're... Yeah,
1: <laughs> and uh, so me, Mark, and Nina are sitting in this booth watching the whole show, and then uh, and it's just him. Just uh, I later learned didn't even bring any crew. Just travels by himself. Just has a little amp and a guitar, and just you know probably played for well over an hour and just. I Mm -hmm. just—I literally know almost every word to all the songs, so it was just, you know, just a lot of fun to just sit there and watch him do his thing. Then he, after the show, he comes and sits down, and I'm like, "All right, play it cool." And
2: uh, (laughs) we fucking. (laughs) Hey, remember me? The guy who said "Hey" before.
1: (laughs) I did. I opened with that. He was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." (laughs) (laughs) But dude, we hung out for like a Forrest Gump over here. (laughs) Oh, god.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god but uh we hung out for about an hour just, and drank some bourbon and uh just shot the shit and uh man all right they say never meet your heroes a little bit of that's true you we were to meet some of them we were talking about you know, he's, he lives in Birmingham, and we're talking about Birmingham. First of all, I said, uh, oh, you live- I knew he lived in Birmingham, but I didn't want to say that. You know, like, oh, I already knew that. I know a lot about you. Um, but I was like, oh, man, Birmingham. I was like, yeah, you tried Rodney Scott yet? And he goes, fuck yeah, I have. I'm like, I like this dude even more. Uh, so we talked <laughs> we talked about barbecue. And then I talked to him about Big Bad Breakfast, and he, say- he had this weird look on his face and goes, it's overrated. And I was like, oh, Mike Cooley. How could uh-huh. you do that to Uh-oh. me? But I, I kind of convinced him. I was like, he's like, well, it's overpriced. And I was like, well, okay, well, I'm not going to argue with you on that. But I was like, price aside, you got to admit the food. And he's like, yeah, it's it's really great. It's just a little overpriced. And I was like, okay, well, we can agree to disagree on that. But I'll try to separate the art from the artist, Mike Cooley. But, uh, <laughs> I wanted to just all of a sudden be like, man,
2: fuck <laughs> this dude. Guy's got his head up his ass.
1: We fucking talked about Waffle House for like ten minutes and uh yeah, just kindred spirits and uh yeah, just a cool dude. I mean that that's not just a name. He's the coolest guy. And uh so yeah, that was just, just a real highlight of the run to be able to, to cap off a nice little run with something like that, hanging out with uh, literally one of your musical heroes who happens to be uh turns out just a really cool down to earth dude. And uh we love the same kind of barbecue. So there you go. Good times. Well, over that's uh,
2: awesome man i'm happy for you yeah
1: yeah it was a good time man and uh yeah yes it's uh rarely does that happen and it makes me think like i want to moving forward and i've tried to do this a little bit in recent years but and you might be able to appreciate this but like you know when i'm booking these runs and these tours i need to make an effort to to schedule time downtime in these some of these cooler cities you know some of these cities i've been to multiple yeah. times and still don't know anything about them because i'm only in for a day and on to the next town the next night you know and uh,
2: i've played all 50 states and i can't tell you fuck yeah all about
1: them. yeah so and that leads me to uh some other stuff i wanted to talk about today i know you kind of have it hard out so we'll wrap it up here in a few minutes but uh yeah, I, I well, got it.
2: I mean, Dave, I have some news also. I made some food this past week. I want to hear about it. What'd you make? Uh, I made a paprikash.
1: No way. I've never made a pressure but...
2: cooker. I've never. I love chicken paprikash. It was paprikash. one of the first things that came up. It was a mushroom and potato paprikash, and it turned out go. pretty well once I learned how to use a pressure cooker. That's the end of that story. <laughs> I did
1: that. That's what I did. Good for you, buddy. You made like the, the cream sauce and everything.
2: Uh, it's crushed tomatoes put mm. st- I don't know what I did I just made it in the it's a pressure cooker it's not impressive uh, but it, yeah. for me I went and got ingredients I fucked it up and then swore a bunch cuz I forgot that the pressure cooker takes time to pressurize then mm-hmm. it starts counting how long it's cooking so I ate uh, I ate some raw potatoes in the <laughs> test process made myself a little bit sick uh, but then once once I got it nailed, hey, once we figured it out, it turned out pretty good. It's pretty good stuff. Oh, man. Way oh, to go. I'm That's all I got. I just proud of you, it. buddy. Proud
1: of you, buddy. That's good.
2: Yeah. Did that. Been a lot of roller skating over here.
1: Roller skating no and paprikash. We've been go, roller
2: man. skating, eating paprikash.
1: Man. good old time. Best chicken paprikash I ever had was at Sokolowski's in Cleveland, which I think is now uh, out of business due to the pandemic. That place was awesome.
2: Really? I yeah. Thought that was like a famous kind of. Yeah, it was there for like fifty famously years. Famously named place.
1: Yeah, but I think uh, they fell victim to the pandemic. Uh, if I heard correctly, They're, At least when I was there last year, they were no longer around. So man, I loved that place. That's a drag. Oh man, making me hungry. <laughs> But yeah, so I spent yeah. uh I spent an extra day in Manitou Springs, Colorado, and uh which is basically 5 minutes from Colorado Springs. And I didn't connect the dots at the time, but uh when I was driving home, I was like, "Oh, Colorado Springs, that's where that fucking shooting was a couple weeks ago at the
2: um which one?
1: Oh, yeah yeah exactly but that's the at the lgbtq club where uh, the the, night the, club uh, the patrons are the one that uh, subdued that fucking piece of shit so uh mm. shout out to those folks man what a tragedy but yeah i didn't realize at the time but yeah uh Manistee springs uh, basically a little suburb of uh colorado springs uh when i the first day when i stopped in to colorado springs uh they got a they got a branch of the denver biscuit company over there and uh Pretty okay. solid, pretty solid. Uh, great biscuits. Um, here is the problem with a chicken biscuit. Most everybody uses uh, some form of chicken breast. Here is the and, problem uh,
2: with a chicken biscuit.
1: I, I just, I implore these chefs to uh, how about a how about a fried chicken thigh biscuit? I don't need that. the The biscuit was great, but the little shitty piece of fried chicken breast was like eating a shoe. But uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Solid biscuit, good gravy. Good gravy! Anyway, <laughs> I had one of those just packed action-packed days on Saturday. Like I told you, uh, hanging out with Cooley was Saturday night. But before the di- before that, uh, after my nice breakfast at Moe's Diner, I went uh, and looked. I just looked at it, but they have this thing, and you might be into this. They have this thing there called the um, Manitou Incline, and it's uh, about a. It's basically a mile of stairs. Goes up the Red Mountain. I think it's I think it's eight tenths of a mile. It's twenty seven hundred steps.
2: What, what makes you think I'd be into a mile of stairs?
1: Well, you look, you like to get out there and hike around sometimes. You know, you're much. You have, I mean, but,
2: hiking's they like stairs are just like oh, here's
1: <laughs> I went looked I went and looked. I mean, it looked pretty cool. It goes all the way up this mountain. It's just this huge incline. I don't think I'd
2: enjoy a mile of escalator.
1: <laughs> let alone. But, I was uh, I was talking to some of the locals about it, and apparently there's like a small club of uh, people that are just really obsessed with this place. And uh, some of these guys and gals will do like they'll set like goals to where like oh next year I'm gonna do it. One guy, a friend of a, this guy I was talking to, his friend did it 700 times last year, which is simple math. 700 obviously. Miles. No, yeah, well, that, but more than once a day, more than once a day, he went over there. You know, Does not, that
2: mean he went up and down? Well,
1: you, you go up it, and then you take this uh, kind of swervy walking trail down. They prefer no down. It's just one-way traffic. Because it's so popular, this motherfucker
2: did not go up a mile staircase seven hundred times. That's that's what that's what
1: he said. And I also I was doing some research. I'll send you. There's a that's uh, more
2: than twice more than twice a day.
1: Exactly. Well, no, that's that's not quite twice a day, but it's you know maybe five days a week you're doing it twice a day, and the weekends okay, you're doing yeah, it once right. a day.
2: You know. How long does it take to do a mile up the stairs?
1: They say the average person could do it in about an hour. So these, how many flights?
2: These, how many flights of stairs?
1: Dude, uh, I'll send you a link, or you can look it up right now on YouTube. If you just type in Manitou Incline, there's a nice little like 12 minute mini documentary about it. It's really well done, and they're they're talking to these people. One guy's like, "Yeah, it's something, <laughs> something about the elevation," and they're like, th- they're talking to these people. <laughs> no, no, like I'm here in second They're not around. I'm hearing it. I'm telling it to you second hand, but they're interviewing a people. 12 minute
2: documentary. Their case staircase is 11 minutes too long.
1: Dude, it's interesting. I remember we used to go over to the uh, Silver Lake stairs back when I was in shape for that documentary. Yeah. I would do was that. That was eighty six stairs. stairs. There was yeah, I counted. it was eighty six. Yeah. This is twenty seven hundred. How many miles is that? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> but I would go up and down like ten times. But
2: uh go watch a documentary about that staircase? <laughs>
1: Not that one, because it's not as big. It's
2: not as impressive. They already had a documentary called The Staircase because the lady had to die on one. It's the only reason it was interesting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a different kind of staircase. Uh, But yeah, so you hike up, and then you take this path down. And I think there's only one bailout site. uh, At at the halfway point, at about 1,300 steps, there's a little... uh, You can cut off and catch that downward trail. Um, But yeah. I think I'm going back in June. I'm going to try it. i'm gonna try it in june
2: every step is a bailout so every step you could turn around and go back down
1: <laughs> no i know but like they they really because it's a community thing and everybody you know it's like try not to take the steps oh, down is somebody
2: know? gonna narc on you for going <laughs> down some stairs but like uh
1: in the summer uh, on this video i was watching there's like hundreds of people at a time i mean it's like it's it's crazy like the fact, and there's only five thousand people in that city. The fact A lot that of that stare m- freaks out that, that many people are are committed to fitness, like it's impressive. Like way to go. And I didn't see many many chubby folks. I was clearly the fattest guy in that zip code. So they're doing something right over
2: there. <laughs> so I went check that out. Uh, it takes sh- an average of three hours and fourteen minutes to complete. Oh, three. I thought somebody said an hour because it's.
1: You know, you could walk a mile in 15, 20 minutes. So I was thinking an hour to do the incline. Anyway, on average, yeah, that means they got some slowpokes like me messing up the curve. But yeah, so I did that. I went over to this place called the Manitou Cliff Dwellings. It's these um, Native American, basically, they just built these little apartments into the side of a cliff. Uh, They were built in 1100 A.D. by the Pueblo Indians. And that so was pretty, pretty fascinating. Up the
2: incline didn't know how to get down,
1: <laughs> so they had to go and ahead and set up They weren't allowed to shop. go back
2: down the stairs. They just had, they just had to live up there.
1: Oh man, that that was impressive. I love. I'm not going to say I, it's dumb for me to say I love uh, anthropology and archaeology because I don't really you know study up on it. But when the topic is brought up, my ears perk up. By it. I'm intrigued. And uh, I, I like when I'm hiking and stuff around here. Like I I, I like to think about you know if you are looking at a mountaintop and there's in your line of sight, there's no buildings or power lines or anything. Sometimes I'll just I'll look at like the little cliffs and peaks and Griffith Park. And I'm like, this probably looked the exact same way it did 5,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago, maybe a million mm-hmm. years ago, you know? And, and I like to think about that kind of shit. Like who was standing right here on this piece of land 5,000 years ago? Um, but yeah, that was pretty cool to see that, and I went all up in it, and like I knocked my head a couple times, like low ceilings and these little tunnels, and uh, but yeah, spent about half an hour farting around the uh, Manitou Cliff dwellings. That was pretty cool. Then I went over to Garden of the Gods. I know this sounds like a, a Chamber of Commerce commercial for the city no, of Manitou. No, I
2: know Garden of the Gods. I've been that was up dope. there doing Jeep stuff and kicking around up really?
1: there. Really? Yeah. So you've seen that? That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know enough about you know geology and all that shit to, you know, articulate this point. But it felt like oh, and one main thing I forgot to say is the city of Manitou Springs sits at the base of Pikes Peak, what fourteen thousand feet in elevation. Lar- largest? Did
2: you do Pikes Peak? That's yeah, a, that's a wild. Uh, no, the I car starts I, huffing and puffing.
1: I started to, but I was I mapped it out and like round trip it would have taken like four hours. So I was like, eh. I don't want to spend 4 hours doing the same thing. Maybe I'll hit that next time. Um but yeah, garden to gift
2: shop and they sell they sell donuts. They're very excited about because of the elevation.
1: Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. And I was actually I was going to take the trolley. There's a trolley you can go and, and take it if you don't want to drive your own car up there and that seemed cool, but that was like 3 hours round trip. So, I was like, eh, I'm going to try to cram all this other stuff into one day. I better not do anything that takes yeah. 3 or 4 hours. Um what was I saying? But yeah, uh Garden Garden of the, of gods. the Gods it just seems like you know, you got all those red rocks like you have in Moab and mm-hmm. you know, but then at the same time it just feels like where like that kind of topography starts to meet the the tree line mountains of the Rocky Mountains. Like it just felt like you were in Denver and Moab at the same time. So that was really neat to kind of mm-hmm. fart around there and uh
2: well, yeah, man. Red Rocks. They have a whole place called Red Rocks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Red, Red, there are Red Rocks there, too. Uh, you ever, yeah. Have you seen a the show there? Have you been to a concert there? No, I have not. Dude, I've only seen one. I saw Tyler Childers there a couple years ago. It was fantastic.
2: Sounds like a very cool place. Yeah, yeah, it's very not, cool. I uh, have not been there myself.
1: But, yeah, so uh good time in Manitou Springs. And uh, I talked to some of the locals, and they were telling me. there's just all kind of crazy stuff. Uh, In terms of like um, haunted history, Um, oh yeah, and Garden of the Gods is supposed to be some sort of spiritual hotspot, and I don't really know what that means, but like all the Native American stuff uh, from back in the day, like they they. Yeah, they thought that there was all kind of spiritual qualities. And then the city itself, the namesake, Manitou Springs, I think there's six, is it six or eight different natural springs throughout the city. And uh, I think the natives used to think that they had like healing properties. And all this, and they even have uh, water fountains, drinking fountains, placed throughout the city. Where I didn't get a chance to, I didn't find one myself, but people were talking about it. Where you can just go and fill up jugs, and you know whatever. And they from talk the spring, about yeah from the springs. And they like, had
2: that in Moab. There's a part in Moab where like uh, you finish like like so on the side of the road, you see people pulling over, pulling out their jugs, and they just go up to this this spigot in the side of a mountain. That's cool. And fill up your. Get yourself some mountain water.
1: Yeah, and somebody was telling me that uh, like some of the different fountains come from different springs, and like some of the springs have like a carbonated quality to it. That's pretty cool. Think about just a a constant f- flowing it's, fountain where of where's like that
2: coming from.
1: I, well, just the the earth, the minerals, and just whatever. But yeah, like fucking <laughs> get you some Perrier just straight out of the tap. That's just. pretty pretty cool but yeah that's, so i didn't, I didn't get for some to...
2: reason that's weird to me like i feel like the bubbles like what's in that old air mm-hmm. you know how like like all the stuff like how the ice caps are melting and there's like oh man they're gonna defrost germs from millions of years ago <laughs> that's, i'm like what's in these what's in these under the earth's crust bubbles that's true that's no telling all
1: but I wanted to share you real briefly a couple of cool local uh, folklore stories. Well, I don't know if these would be considered folklore because uh, I did some studying up on it, and it seems to be uh, pretty legit. But um, right behind Garden of the Gods, I didn't go visit it, but uh, apparently there's an old cemetery kind of t- tucked right into the rocks there. It's mm-hmm. surrounded on three sides by the mountains uh, called mm-hmm. Christ- Crystal Hill Cemetery. Garden of the Gods, Back in the day, there was a guy named Dr. Isaac Davis, and he was kind of a renaissance man. He was at one time the mayor, at one time he was the police chief, he was a doctor, Uh, he was a scientist. Well, one of his hobbies was... uh, like not necessarily taxidermy, but like he liked to mess around with dead animals in terms of uh, figuring out how to preserve them. Uh, he was <laughs> dealing with different chemicals and formaldehydes. Like to
2: mess around with dead yeah. animals. Yeah,
1: you know, he liked to mess around. We all do, right? That's that's uh, just harmless fun. And um, so he was messing, and he he had like several preserved animals and like jars of formaldehyde and stuff. And he, and in that cemetery, he even built his own little little small laboratory, just this little stone hut. That's right there uh, in the cemetery. And that's where he did a lot of his experimentation and what have you. Well, like I said, this is the late 1800s, the Wild West. Well, there was this town character named Thomas James O'Neill. Went by the name Jackknife Tom, because he used to carry a, a six-inch jackknife in his boot. And he was apparently Makes just sense. a just a real asshole. He was just, just a real troublemaker. Oh, okay. And uh, killed some folks, and just a real mean-spirited fella. Well... Well, uh, and he was a gambler, and uh, killed. Oh, and he's <laughs> a gambler too. He's a gambler. He killed some people a, over over some poker he games. Killed some people.
2: Also, he loved playing cards. Yeah, oh, this son yeah. of a bitch.
1: And uh, <laughs> well, one day he crossed the wrong dude. And old jackknife Tom uh, took a twenty-two bullet into the skull and died. And because he was oh. such an asshole and such a he met kind
2: six-gun of six gun Sammy, exactly. Uh,
1: Dr. Isaac Davis, he was in. He was. He did like the autopsy or whatever. Uh, oh, he's talking God. about how you set him on ice and stuff. Anyway, for like a three-day holding period, they tried to get in touch with the old Jackknife Tom's uh, next to kin, and uh, nobody claimed him. So, Dr. Isaac Davis took it upon himself <laughs> to uh, experiment a little bit on old Jackknife okay. Tom, and he mummified him. He turned him into a fucking mummy. And oh, word. uh okay. Yeah. And uh used to like parade <laughs> him. he would parade him around, <laughs> he would parade him around town. He would take him to the local saloon and sit him in the chair next to him. Uh he'd take him to the barber shop. Right, that's sit him in a chair. Why
2: that? Why that? Why do, I, why were we doing that part? Just
1: kind of a novelty. And uh, they were talking about in the process, apparently, uh, I don't know anything about the mummifying process. I know that's hard to believe. I don't have a background in that, but um, <laughs> Apparently, Jackknife Tom was a... <laughs> you intrigued
2: a, by the mummification process.
1: Yeah. He was a strapping young lad. He weighed about 200 pounds. Well, when Dr. Davis was done mummifying him, uh, he weighed 30 pounds, and he shrunk by about four inches. So it wasn't uh, uncommon to see Dr. Davis just carrying mummified Jackknife Tom over his shoulder down, down the city streets. and Like, oh, that's old doctor with his new mummy toy. <laughs>
2: Like to me, a mummy seems brittle. Yeah, yeah. Well, he talked like, about the whole process. That's you could be like just yeah, just carting around. Well, it was this
1: whole process. The Willy way he style. <laughs> The way he mummified him. He soaked him in this solution for like five hours every day, and then he would take him out every day out of the solution and let him dry in the sun, like an old leather boot. And uh, apparently, it was. Uh... <laughs>
2: Think he was fucking him?
1: You you broke up. I didn't hear you. You think he was what?
2: I said. I said. Do you think he was fucking him?
1: Oh yeah. I was hoping that's where you were going with that. Uh, good question. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well,
2: I don't. I mean, you see these real dolls nowadays.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They. They. Look it's pretty not real. like this is like a 21st century revelation. Like we could just make a fake person to fuck.
1: Yeah. This is. This would have been a pretty crude and haggard fuck doll. Oh yeah, sure. Dried but out I can't think of another re- like. <laughs> yeah, closest thing you're gonna get, you know, other than the real deal. I would imagine. But yeah, so old Doctor Davis just uh, parading around town with his, with old creepy jackknife Tom, and, and th- he, he was
2: he went down to what thirty pounds. He's a thirty. Went, yeah, he
1: went from two hundred to thirty pounds, and he uh, shrunk four inches. They say. And uh, I would have liked to meet Dr. Davis. What a bizarre character, because it's not like... I mean, he's like a pillar of the community. He was the police chief. He was the mayor. He was a doctor. But like, oh, yeah, well, he's got some Well, they just let you do that back
2: in the day. They mm-hmm. let you, They let you have a few different careers back in the day. Yeah, I guess so. That was always what fascinated me about the Wild West. Like, I need some deputies. And they would just raise their hands. <laughs> and like, <laughs> all right, you're a cop now. Yeah. But like... <laughs> Nobody, like, no other profession is like, ah, oh, we got a lunch rush. I need some pastry chefs. Who wants to be a pastry chef? You just raise your hand. Cool, you're on croissants. Like oh, they man, don't. that's funny. <laughs> but of all the things you should have some qualifications for, police yeah. work. But they just thought, well, he raised his hands. We gave him a badge.
1: Well, yeah, I gave him a badge and gun. You know, And if the bad guy c- comes down your corner, just put some shots down range.
2: Like, yeah, yeah, the early history of the police department. Mm-hmm. Not uh, not a lot of briefing with those guys. Yeah, probably anyway, not. It's a different story for a different time. So this guy, so thirty pound a guy mm-hmm. that he would just put because then he's not like he's leaning him on the bar. He's not like bending his appendages to fit yeah. that on a bar stool.
1: Yeah, he just weakened it, burned him all over Manitou Springs, and uh, <laughs> well, here's the second part of the story <laughs> and. and 1891, we'll Dr. Second part. <laughs> Dr. Davis died. I don't know how he died, but uh, doc, the doc passed away. So, and, and when he wasn't parading him around town, he would keep him in his little uh, laboratory, his little stone hut there in the cemetery. Sure. So uh, when Dr. There's Davis stone. died, <laughs> some of the other townspeople approached the <laughs> widow and said, Hey, uh, Mrs. Widow Davis, with all due respect to your husband, um, could you do us a favor? Can we... Get that fucking mummy out of his laboratory. It's creeping the whole town out. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. um, they buried him. They, they gave Jackknife Tom a proper, proper burial in the same cemetery, the Crystal Hills Cemetery. Well, a few weeks after the burial, a couple other vagrants uh, in the town, they, uh, they got the idea. Now, I don't know. In my research, I didn't learn if they knew... That this was the mummy, or they were just robbing a grave. But these two vagrants, uh, they robbed a grave. Um, Okay, yeah, I think maybe they probably knew who it was. They knew it was a mummy. Because then they, they, uh, they packed up the mummy in a coffin, and these two vagrants and old jackknife Tom, they hopped a train to Kansas, where one of these vagrants had the idea, he was from Kansas, and he goes, hey, in my hometown, somebody's got a two-headed calf, why don't we all okay. go to Kansas, back to my hometown, we take uh, Mummy Jackknife Tom with us, and we'll start our own traveling right. sideshow. And they dressed, well, even though, even though Jackknife Tom was an Irishman, uh, they dressed him up in Native American garb. And they, uh, they marketed this mummy as a, a Native American chief that they had, they had personally found and uh, retrieved from the Grand Caverns of Manitou Springs, Colorado. And uh, just these two fucking goobers just uh, started their own sideshow with a two-headed calf and an uh, old dead mummy.
2: So, I mean, part of me is like, well, if this guy was already kind of a jerk in life, mm-hmm. and then they're like, well, we're taking your mummy, we're making some money off of it. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of karma. Yeah. Now, Misrepresenting the uh, the nationality, something tells me the mummification process isn't keeping you looking. <laughs> if you're of a, if you're of a European descent, something tells yeah. me the. You're not retaining this fair-haired, rosy cheekness of uh, of uh, Northern European yeah, during the not. process. Probably, probably pretty not. easy to pass you off if, as somebody of a uh, darker, uh, more melanin. <laughs> <laughs> is it um, more melanin, less melanin? I think it's more. Yeah, yeah. I always get confused by that's that a. Thought. All
1: right, that's a fun story. Now get this. Uh, to this day, okay, people There's that more. that laboratory is still standing. Uh, to this day, people will be poking around back there, and they will oh, see yeah, they, they will s- they'll see the ghost of old mummified jackknife Tom peering out the window of old Doctor Davis's uh, laboratory. Yeah, how
2: M- crazy! Mummy is it? ghost or alive? Alive? What does he look, like? uh, look
1: like? I think I think this one account I read. I'm trying to find it right now in this book, but uh, of course I didn't mark it. I think it was uh, the alive version. Yeah, so the eyes were looking right at the window at him. And he had, uh, they were talking about his red hair. And, he, and you, he, prob- uh, he probably looked like he weighed more than 30 pounds, so I'm assuming it was the live version of the ghost.
2: Okay. Would you mummify and or taxidermy your pets?
1: No. No. I Speaking of which, I forgot to tell you this. When I was in Memphis, Tennessee a few okay. months ago, there's an Irish wolfhound I... just taxidermied on the wall, and it was fucking creepy. It looked like someone's pet.
2: Well yeah, I mean that's the whole idea of taxidermy. Mhm. But a pet? Okay, what about mummified where it's like in a little sarcophagus?
1: I don't know, man. That makes me sad to think about little
2: Charlie like that. I mean, you know, little D over here, she's late in life. Yeah. I think the <laughs> I think the appropriate honoring is uh is uh yeah, probably a probably a, a cat like you know like the Egyptians knew cat they were down with cats mm-hmm. so probably treat her that way
1: yeah yeah I mean I like the idea of doing something you know to memorialize them but um, taxidermy mummification that just uh that just seems I don't know Who am I don't I am think Rob taxidermy
2: zombie? ever nails yeah I don't think it ever nails the original because you only see taxidermy things when you didn't know them when they were alive so you're like oh I guess mm-hmm. that looks
1: yeah like yeah, how no, it's
2: supposed to look.
1: No real point of reference.
2: Rory. You know, you're just looking at it like, well, this is weird.
1: Rory Scovel's got a bit about the, the first guy to taxidermy something. And like his friends come over <laughs> and they're just like, ah! <laughs> like scares the shit up.
2: What the fuck is on your wall?
1: <laughs>
2: oh, check it out.
1: <laughs> He's like, if I go outside, I, I, am I going to see the rest of that animal sticking out the other side of the house?
2: <laughs> it's it's a comedic device to go like, I wonder who the first whoever yeah. was to do this, but it's also yeah. very reliable. Yeah. Of like, I mean, oh, who's the first guy? I think it was, uh, I forget who did it, like the first guy to eat an egg. Uh-huh. And just like, ah, I've been eating this bird, but now it's just dumping other things out of it. May as well give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> what, like it's turds, but it's not turds. <laughs> first person uh, mil-
1: to drink uh, milk. Ugh.
2: Yeah, I think it was. I think he was talking about the same thing. Yeah, it was, uh, Brian Scalaro was Brian Scalaro who did. It. <laughs> are we sure this is milk? Yeah, what are we <laughs>
1: like that scene it's in? Uh, like... uh What's the bowling movie with Woody Harrelson and uh the Fairly Brothers movie? Oh, Kingpin. There's a uh, scene like that in Kingpin. Kingpin yeah. He goes to milk a cow, and they're like, "That was a bull." He's like, "Oops."
2: Oh, that! <laughs> how, do you think those movies, I, I don't know if that one would hold up as much.
1: Most of them don't. I mean, Dumb and Dumber, I watched it recently, it holds up. Dumb but, oh, and Dumber I, is still... One yes. that's disturbing is that Stuck on You. That one, ugh. Matt Damon and Greg Kinnear. Are that one con- looked fucked up when twins. it came out. Yes, yeah. yes. It that was one a, looked, it was, when it came out, much. I was like,
2: nah. <laughs> ugh. We're going to rely on Greg, um, Greg Kinnear, good you know, comedic mm-hmm. actor. Okay, this is what I want to talk about. Last yeah. night, I don't know why, Rachel's got a list of movies that she's trying to get through. I have okay. not figured out any rhyme or reason for this list. And they're not movies that would ever be... A thing that she would watch. So last night, she's like, do you want to watch Face Off? I'm like, sure. Let's Dude, watch I watched that for the face-off. first
1: time a few months ago. Never seen
2: it before. Holy shit. Laugh a minute. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Did you, did you feel the same way? Because I did. I thought this movie. Oh, my God. Dave, everybody, all please, all boogers. Treat yourself yeah. to a viewing of face-off. Yeah. it. We we're 11 minutes in, and just like, this is the worst thing we've ever seen. <laughs> in the that's, best way possible.
1: Yeah, That's Nick Cage for me, man. Like, so many of his movies are terrible, but awesome. Con Air. Uh, yes. All, all those I, 90s I, Nick Cage movies.
2: I'm going backwards now realizing I need to enjoy Nick Cage the same way What's-His-Name did in that unbearable weight of yeah. success or whatever that movie was. yeah John Travolta showing up in the beginning as still just has himself as his character. Yeah. But you could tell he's already trying to play as Nick Cage. He's already exactly. in the zone of trying to make sure he seems kind of Nick Cage because Nick Cage mm-hmm. is just going to be crazy the whole time. Yeah. John Travolta's the one who has to do the acting mm-hmm. on both parts. Like well, I got to act like this police officer, and then I also have to act like however the fuck Nick Cage is going to be. <laughs> everything is dumb from just from the jump. Yeah, everything is just the dumbest movie. Well, the whole not even like the face, not even just taking the faces off, just. Nick Cage, spoilers if you haven't seen Face Off, sorry. <laughs> the fact that he, like, the prison is an oil derrick, and he just jumps off, and then he just shows up at a valet at a country club just yeah. later that day. Yep. Like, he just swam from an oil derrick in the ocean to the shore. Because, <laughs> you know, those are just close by. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Those are always...
2: And, and as av- I think maybe that's why I went swimming today. I was like, oh, if if... Nick Cage with a fake fucking face can make it from an oil derrick to land. I can do a few laps <laughs> with my original <laughs> face and features. I kept wanting him to get punched, and then his face would be crooked, like when, like when Donald Duck would get like or Daffy, whichever duck was subject to explosions. Yeah, yeah. The I, Disney I was- animals never dealt with the Acme explosives uh, line.
1: It was but crazy. Half- Brothers,
2: who is that? That's Donald Duck, right? No, that's <laughs> yeah, Daffy so. Duck. No, Daffy yeah. Duck shit would blow up in his face, and then his beak would be on the side of his head. I kept wanting either Nicolas Cage or John Travolta to get punched, and then like their nose was over by their ear or something. Yeah,
1: the hair kind of oh, took me God. out of it too. You know, the fact that uh, they didn't do it. it didn't seem like they did a hair transplant, but yet they had the same haircuts. No,
2: and then the voice, like the voice, is like, "Well, what about the voice?" And the scientist is like, "Microchip, like that's it, that's all they gave it. Look, microchip, (laughs) that's all they did. (laughs) We put a microchip in your neck. Get the fuck out of here. The laziest, the laziest movie I have seen with such big stars, and we don't address that." When Nick Cage was wearing John Travolta's face, Mm -hmm. all he did for the home life was became the cool dad that let his daughter smoke and beat up Danny Masterson, who's going to rape her, foreshadowing to that guy's real life. (laughs) Exactly. And then then dicked down his wife real good.
1: Yeah. Treated
2: her to a nice romantic dinner, showed her she was appreciated.
1: Kind of a creepy Revenge of the Nerds technique
2: there. V- very much so, but the mm-hmm. whole family was happier with a loony <laughs> ass Nick Cage wearing John Travolta's face. Oh, I don't know man. how it ends. We still we we made, that movie's <laughs> two and a half hours long, way too long, way too long. Oh my all right. god! All right, I got one more Sorry. quick story for you. We'll wrap it up. That was the thing I wanted to talk about. The most. <laughs> um, I was all right, face off. <laughs>
1: Every year, every year uh, around Halloween time, the city of Manitou Springs, Colorado, they have the Emma Crawford Festival. all right, And I'll tell you who M- Emma Crawford is. Emma Crawford, uh, she was from a well-to-do family from Boston, late 1800s, I believe. Um, she was a prodigy pianist. She was a teenage concert pianist uh in Boston. Okay. And she got tuberculosis, like so many people back then did. And her mom and her sister and uh herself, the three the three Crawford gals, they all moved uh from Boston to Manitou Springs. <laughs>
2: Crawford gals.
1: So uh Emma could benefit from the high altitude and the clean air of Colorado and apparently uh that was supposed to okay, uh sure, sure. A- aid in the uh, tuberculosis. I think that's why um um What's his name? Not White Earp. Uh, who'd uh, Val Kilmer play in Tombstone? He had tuberculosis, and he moved Doc, out to Arizona. Doc, Doc Holiday. Holiday. Doc Holliday. He moved to uh, Arizona for that reason as well. Anyway, um, so they, uh, they're all living in Manitou Springs. Emma, apparently real sweet gal, real friendly, made a lot of friends. They, uh, they all quickly became kind of pillars of the community. And uh, she got engaged to her old uh, sweetheart, uh, who she knew back from her Boston days, this guy named Wilheim uh, Hildebrandt. And uh, they were just young, okay. young sweeties, just all about town. And um, But she was still – she wasn't getting any better, really, from the uh, tuberculosis. I mean, she – apparently uh, the first few months she did get better, but then she took a turn for the worst. So uh, – and Emma yeah. used to sit uh, – they, they rented out this boarding house. I think it was called the uh, Crystal Cottage. And she would sit in her bed all day with her tuberculosis, and she would look out the window uh, to uh, Red Mountain. Oh, the Red Mountain is the same mountain. Sit in her bed all day with her tuberculosis. (laughs) Red Mountain is the mountain that that incline is on. So she'd sit in her bedroom, look out at the uh, very beautiful Red Mountain that uh, also kind of sits at the base there of Pikes Peak. And um, one day she just had this urge to get out of her sick bed and climb to the top of Red Mountain, where
2: okay, good she, for her.
1: she had a ghostly uh, she had an encounter with the ghostly apparition of Red Chief, who was a uh, obviously a Native American chief. I forget which tribe, but uh, she said that a puff of smoke, and for about five seconds, this. Uh, Native American chief in full headdress and the whole garb he appeared and gave her a very uh, uh, warm and 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 uh, kind look on his face, kind of like you know, and she okay. took the, and then he and then he disappeared back into thin <clears> air. <throat> she took this as a sign, and she had always, her whole life, she just kind of felt like she was going to die early, maybe even before she had tuberculosis. But she took this as a sign, and she loved the outdoors, and she loved mountains, and she she hated cemeteries. She took this as okay. a sign that, uh, hey, if, if I happen to die young, I want to be buried right up here on the top of uh, Red Mountain, where I ran into Old Red Chief. So she tied a scarf around the tree branch next to the tree where uh, he appeared, and then uh, she she told her uh, fiance Wilheim Hildebrandt. She said, "Hey, if I if something goes south, yeah. I want to be buried up here." Well, a few days later, she dies, and oh, uh, sure Wilheim wanted to uh, you know honor her wish. Wilheim gathered eleven of the most strapping fellas of Manitou Springs. And they tits up on the hill. They spent two days uh, with pulley systems and all and rope and whatnot, trying to get her by her her coffin up on the top of this mountain. Well, they, and they got her up there. And uh, b- before they transported her, Wilheim went up there with his donkey and his shovels and spent several days trying to dig this oh, grave sure. in the cold, uh, in the cold mountainside there. Anyway, so she uh, they bury, they finally get her up there. They bury her, and this is like uh, late 1800s. Uh, a few years later, 1912, uh, the Red Mountain Incline was constructed. That's what the uh, that that walking incline was originally. Okay, okay. It was uh, it was an incline for a uh, trolley. And uh, so they're going to build this uh, incline right there on the side of the mountain and they want to put a depot at the top. Well, just so happens the exact site where they want to put this depot is where Emma Crawford is buried. So they, 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 uh, unearth her coffin oh, okay. and, mo- and move her that's to the like east that. side to the east side of the uh, mountain and uh, that's where she uh, rest in peace for many years until uh, a few more years down the road a great uh, rain came and washed there's was a great uh, it washed all the rocks and stuff off this part of the mountain and her coffin uh, kind of slid down the side of the fucking mountain and uh, you could imagine the, the tumbles <laughs> The the (laughs) twisted turns and tumbles,
2: and uh, really could could they imagine those?
1: They found that her coffin had been, uh, you know, removed and tossed Mm -hmm. down the mountainside, but no one knew where the coffin went or whatever till another twenty or so years. Some teenagers are hiking around up there, and they find the skeletal remains of Emma, and they also find some. parts some shattered parts of the coffin that had some markings that you know could i don't know how many other people were buried up there i I don't think hardly any but uh they deduced that this must be oh emma crawford and uh they gathered what little remains they found and uh buried her in that same cemetery i was talking about where Old uh, old Doctor Davis is buried there at the um, okay Crystal Springs Cemetery. Old mummy, but anyway, now people uh, there's all kind of reports for like the last hundred years or so. People uh, report seeing a uh, benevolent uh, ghostly apparition of a young Emma Crawford, and in 1993, to honor her, uh, the town started the Emma Crawford Crawford Festival, which includes amongst other things the uh, coffin races. They do. It's and I talk to some people who go okay. to it every year. It's a big deal there in the town. I don't know if it's on Halloween or right before, but it's right around Halloween. And it's kind of like a bobsledding meets a pinewood derby. Like people construct their own. You know, I don't know if they use real coffins, but people I like kinda, that.
2: I like what they're doing mm-hmm. there.
1: Yeah, they construct, like, crude coffin replicas and attach some wheels to them. Hell, yeah. And then uh, do a little bobsled action. uh, Which really is
2: just what a Pinewood Derby is. Yeah, exactly.
1: And uh, But, yeah, could you imagine, like, of course there's a ghost of a a young lady who died way too early and her coffin slid down the side of a fucking mountain. So, um
2: if that's how my shit ended i would love a festival of like co- race coffins
1: yep that would race be rad. coffins down the hill how cool would that be you know maybe what would I you like?
2: dave stone memorial chili cook-off
1: yeah the chili cook-off you know i don't know rib eating contest something you know gumbo cook-off that would be nice i would love i love little hometown fairs and festivals and shit like that man i that would be uh I can't think of a better way to be memorialized and have a small town festival named after your honor.
2: So I think you should start it already. Yeah. <laughs> I think a Dave Stone chili cook off.
1: I told you we I used to go to festivals every weekend for about five years, uh, selling baseball cards with my dad. Dang. So much fun. I was I was always on the every yeah. weekend. I'd find me the new. Oh, this place they got the the deep fried hot dog, or this place is known for their funnel cake. So, oh, that's all I cared about. I was just like, all right. I'd help my dad set up. And I'm like, all right. I'm gonna go get some carnival snacks. It's a good time. I love well, yeah. a love a good festival. Where's my Dave mom? calls it. Loves a festival. Yeah, yeah. My mom calls it festival. She replaces the V with a B, and I still don't understand
2: why, but oh is she filipino
1: we went to the apple festival and we had a good time (laughs)
2: Mm.
1: but yeah so there you go oh emma crawford uh benevolent ghost of red mountain and then old uh dickhead jackknife tom got mummified by dr davis and those are just two of the stories there's some other crazy shit that goes on in manitou springs but uh yeah big fan dude uh they glad. really
2: got, lo- like, the Wild West was, what there was really, I mean, lawlessness, you think of, like, the robbing and the shooting in the streets, but it's mm-hmm. also, like, I'm going to mummify this dude and cart yeah. him around town with me. Yeah. Like, and- that's the wild part that I, like, oh, yeah, there was some goofy shit that went yeah. down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, not all sinister, but goofy shit. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. I love it. Good times, well, this was, buddy. What a, what, a, what a concise episode. We got boogie monster topics. Yeah. You had a good run. I watched Face Off and went swimming <laughs> like a 10-year-old. <laughs> good times, buddy. Well, I don't think we have any dates to plug for the rest no. of the
1: year. Yeah, I don't have. I, I literally have, not well, I've got very few dates on the book so not worth talking about
2: yeah uh, i'll be a, i'll be at Doe comedy tonight in portland that's it Doe Mississippi comedy pizza right yeah, on comedy at a pizza place fuck Just yeah dude. The spot there you go i usually suck when i'm there but i'll be there tonight <laughs> Board uh, in portland don't make don't make a special trip but if you live next door
1: gotta work on that nice, short man. game gotta work on that short i gotta start doing that i gotta work on my short sets very much so yeah Good Hell times, yeah, buddy. Uh, yeah, we got one I'm more. I regular... got back safe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good to be home. Uh, oh man, yeah. Katie made me feel like she's just so generous. She got me pajamas. She got me records. She got me a fucking gallon jug of Patron. She bought me roses. Just uh, that, I, I don't know. I'm glad I'm, to have you back. I'm doing something right.
2: Can you say pajamas again for me?
1: Pajamas. 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 Pajamas, pajamas. I
2: think. Well, that might just be the Chicago in me. Mm-hmm. Pajamas.
1: I think I always call them pajamas.
2: Paja- pajamas. Huh. Sounds. It sounds more. It sounds more elegant the way you say it. I'm going to like, it sounds like my it sounds like what that like what, when I say like pajamas, it sounds like free sweatpants and a t-shirt with a stain on it. When you say pajamas, it sounds like something with buttons on the front, something silky. Yeah, man. So, it's good time. I want you to enjoy your pajamas.
1: Yeah, I might need. I might not even take them off today. I'm just uh, lounging around the house.
2: You well, wearing slippers? What you doing? What you doing with your feet?
1: Nah, bare feet. Bare feet. I gotta. I, I gotta get some good slippers. That's something I don't have. Uh, I got these old gross uh, flip flops that I wear if I have to go. You know, walk Charlie, and I don't want to put on my actual
2: shoes. Body. But I, uh, I, I want. I want to send you
1: some crocs dude i want you to know this life they're they're comfortable is that right they don't look comfortable and they look they're stupid beyond they look,
2: they're far more comfortable than look goofy. flip-flops
1: really okay they
2: it already it's already casual wear you're not mm-hmm. wearing them well i tried to wear them to a wedding but <laughs> you're not wearing them i wear them all the time. i don't give a shit mm-hmm if I'm trying to look cute, I'll go out and I'll try to look cute. If I'm not trying to look cute, I'm looking the furthest away from cute. I could pot- I'm looking disgusting. Oh, cute, Kyle. I want to Yeah, I want to look I want to look like an APB. That's what I want to look like when I go to the store. <laughs> I want to look like a suspect for any crime that's been committed in a 5 square 5 mile radius. Oh, yeah. But if I want to look cute, adorable, that's it that's all i gotta say (laughs) done and done oh
1: man well good times buddy enjoy yourself this week uh i'm getting in the christmas spirit so i'm gonna there's no telling what i'm gonna get into this week i'm gonna fucking make some make some cookies or some ham or some shit Ooh, cookies! Yeah, oh yeah, I like a good cookie. Dave
2: Bacon. Not something we usually hear yeah. about is Dave Bacon.
1: Stuff. Yeah, I I don't bake as much because I'm I'm a savory boy. I don't. Uh, I mean, obviously, you, <laughs> it's not like I'm gonna. I don't really like sweets that much. Sure, Dave. uh No, but I I understand what you're saying. I focus my culinary attention on the savory side of the culinary arts. But uh no, I make a good chocolate pecan pie. I uh, I make some good chocolate chip cookies. I make a good blueberry muffin. So yeah, I think I might do some silly cookies or something this week.
2: Silly cookies from Dave. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, man! All right,
1: man. Well, good times. I gotta go walk Charlie.
2: Go walk that pooch. I gotta go harass this cat. Yeah. If I clean shit out of the litter box, I can wake the cat up to pet it. That's the deal. <laughs>
1: That's a pretty good. I like that. It's a good policy.
2: I just, picked, I just picked up your turds. Wake up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's oh, the deal. <laughs> I think we'll end on that, buddy. That's a good one. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. You betcha.
0: The Boogie Monster.
2: Network.